Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to read something uh, from Stolen Youth. The kids are not all right. The left is waging an all-out battle on the American family, particularly the youngest members. If they can make our children miserable, lead them to question every building block of society and rebuild their entire concept of reality, then the left and their woke indoctrinators will consider that a victory. We can't let them win. As concerned parents and American citizens, we have to understand what is truly going on before we can do something about it. Stolen Youth provides an urgent deep dive into issues surrounding the current woke indoctrination happening in politics, in education, in medicine, in mental health, in entertainment and all of culture. They may seem subtle, insidious, and hard to make sense of, but armed with the information, we can have a framework from which to fight. This was written by a woman named Carol uh, that starts with a K. Her name is Carol Markowitz. The reason why the K stuck out is because that sounds awfully Soviet block to start Carol with a K. Well, she used to come, or she came from, grew up in the former Soviet Union. She's now a parent here and a journalist at the New York Post. She's written a killer new book. The pre-sales begin today. I wanted you to know about it early. Carol Markowitz joins us in 60 seconds. Here's a fun fact to keep you awake at night. If you're one of the people it applies to, guess guess what the average American's credit card expense rate is. Yeah, yeah, the average, 21%. 21% for the average interest rate on your credit card. This is real, real trouble. If you have any equity in your home, I urge you to pay off those high interest credit card debt. Get, get them under control. Get them, what, what is it, probably about 5 6% now you could get your credit cards down to if you roll it into your home loan. You're going to save about 700 bucks a month. You're also going to be able to uh, skip up to two mortgage payments or delay them uh, so you can have additional savings for a couple of months. This is a really solid way to get your finances under control and get ahead of some of this mess. 
It's American Financing. They're waiting for your call now at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Kara Markowitz joins us now. She is the co-author of Stolen Youth, and she is also a New York Post columnist. Um, Carol, as a as a parent of four children... Uh, and as a typical, I think, American, I am overwhelmed with what my kids are bringing back from school and what they're having to deal with everywhere. And I don't even know where to start. Hi, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, that's the real you know, problem with what's happening around us is that it's coming at them from every direction. It's actually not just schools. It's happening in their pediatrician's office and in their library and in on their television, obviously. And in so many different ways, the kids are being indoctrinated. And so in this book, we lay out all the different examples of how this is happening and what we can do about it. Um, I, I, I know you're very into history, and so we start out with a historical chapter of how this isn't the first time in history that kids have been targeted in this way. Totalitarian systems throughout history have first started with the kids. And you mentioned I was born in the Soviet Union. I came to the U.S. as a small child, but I you know, was raised with the idea of this can happen at any moment, and now it's happening. So, so Carol, you know what's frightening is you don't know who to trust and now i'm getting to the point to where i'm talking to doctors and i don't necessarily trust them i talk to you know psychologists child psychologists and i really my my radar is just way up (laughs) and you don't know who to trust and even if you speak frankly a lot of times they're not speaking frankly back to you yeah, that, well, that's, you know, it's going to be an uphill climb because we've allowed this to fester in our society for so long and so much of it went unchecked. And look, I blame myself, you know, just as much as anybody else. I know that there have been moments in my life where I didn't fight the way I should have for the sanity that I now, you know, demand. Um, and so I think parents need to understand that this is going to be a fight. The last word in our book is fight. Because it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be simple and it's not going to be fast. It's going to take a while. Um, You mentioned psychologists. Kids are in this, um, you know, real uh, anxiety moment where they're taught like that the world is going to end at any moment and that they have to do something about it. And the psychologists are so responsible for this. I I have to tell you, I I would I've thought about my kids and what they're going through, and what they face. And Mm -hmm. I think. Every time I end up the same place, I cannot imagine being a child today. There is the world is going to end because of, you know, climate catastrophe. Right. Um, Uh You know, we're going to have to eat bugs. There is no male or female. There's no gender. There's no truth. There is no God. It is the most depressing uh, future you could possibly think of and then on top of it there's no two plus two so there's no right. real math there's nothing that you can turn to right so you've, you've just you know addressed everything that we talk about in the book and especially the two plus two equals five and the rest of it 
Um, but, you know, there is hope. And the hope that I want to explain to people is that if you come from a totalitarian society like I did, you, you couldn't even in your home protect your children. You couldn't tell them the truth in your home because you risked their lives. We don't, we're not there yet in America. We are still at the place where you can protect your kids in the home. You can give, give them the truth in your home. And you can make them the kind of resilient adults that you want them to be, that this isn't just, yes, all of these different you know, outlets are coming for your kids, but you are the last line of defense. And that line, last line of, of defense still exists in America. So I was uh, teaching a class um, over the weekend, and um, I, was, I was talking about what's inside your bubble, what's outside of your bubble. And it used to be framed mm-hmm. by your house. You know, it was your family rules, mom and dad. And it wasn't it wasn't this way in everybody's house that it was good influence. But generally speaking, the outside uh, only came in through friends. Even television was, you know, and radio was not what it is now. Um, Everything is in our house. And I think most parents feel like I am swinging as hard as I can but I don't even know what I'm swinging against and I'm having to swing against everything and they feel very alone and, 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 and they don't know what to do. So where do we even start? So, you know, there are a lot of places you can start, but obviously school is a major one. So for people on, you know, who are conservatives, um, we've been pushing for school choice for, you know, forever. And now it's sort of taking hold and it's really catching fire in the last few years after parents really saw what was going on in the schools when the schools closed for COVID. Hold on just a second. Just a note, uh, just a note for Texas uh, uh, voters. You voted in Republicans, but they gave the school board to the Democrats, you know, for fairness. Yeah. So you're not going to have free schools here. You're not going to be able to have school choice here. That's Texas Republicans for you. Anyway, go ahead. Unacceptable. Yeah, completely unacceptable. Our family moved to Florida very publicly in the last year. I'm a New York Post columnist, so it was a news story. And I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I love this. You know, I really mm-hmm. love New York. And we moved to Florida to get our kids away from the wokeness that was attacking them from every angle. So it might involve moving. It might even involve, you know, maybe not moving to another state, but maybe switching schools, maybe finding a new community. And it's something that we have to act on. I know it sounds hard and for some people maybe impossible, but whatever you can do to get your kids out of this insanity that has gripped our culture, I think parents need to do it. I think people that don't see the trans, you know, um, a gendered person in the library or something like that. If it's not really super obvious, they think their kids are safe. If, if parents are living in cities, they know that this is happening. I wanted, before we left New York, I would say half, maybe three quarters of my 12 year old friends were trans. I mean, you know, they weren't really trans, but they were, they, they would declare themselves non-binary. They would, you know, say that they felt that they were not the right gender. And this became a popular contagion And it's happening in every city. I hear this from parents all the time. It's happening less in smaller places. It's happening less in, you know, suburbs or rural areas. But the contagion is coming. I don't want anybody to feel like they're safe. So until we can beat this back everywhere, no one should stop fighting. Okay, so you start in the schools. What's next? Well, a lot of the ideas that we, we we fund, for example, libraries that have events that we completely would not support um, that we 
cannot accept for our kids. I mean, drag queen story hour and, and various things like that. There's no reason we should be funding it. Take it to your local politicians. Have them stop funding these kinds of events. Um, pediatrician's office, you, you know, yes, the majority of them are going to be woke, but you have to do your research and you have to talk to them. And if they don't know what a woman is, then they're not the pediatrician for you. So if you go into your pediatrician and you yeah. you just ask them that, because if I ask them yeah. that, they know exactly what well, start <laughs> that they know. But I, I did say to a child psychiatrist or psychologist just recently, mm-hmm. tell me about uh, genders. And she just looked at me and she said, what do you what do you want to know about genders? And I said, (laughs) are there 80 plus genders? She said there are two. And I was fine. I thought that answered it. Is that far (laughs) enough? That's what you want to hear. Yes, you want to hear that there are two genders. If they're not sure about that, then they're not the doctor for you. And again, I know this is hard. I, I, I. I admit in the book that I haven't always stood up for things the way I wanted to. Uh, One example that I give is my son um, switched schools in first grade and his new school had the climate march and he was, you know, new at the school. And uh, I I just, I wanted to pull him out of it, but I I didn't. And so my little one first grader marched around with a sign that says earth dies, we die. But at home, I, I explained to him that this, this fear makes no sense. And if you look at the, you know, the, fears that they're being instilled by um, these environmental activists, you can see that these activists live a very lavish and unconcerned life. So don't worry about the, the earth, right. you know, dying. So I, I didn't do what I needed to do, which was pull him out of there. And I would never make that mistake again. But, you know, you learn from these errors, you move forward. And it, most importantly, you enforce the ideas at home. So, uh, uh, Carol, I, I, I want to push you on this a, a little bit because... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I used to think as long as you can uh, do it at home and really instill it in home, that really does help. But yeah, it, it's it's not enough if you and your wife are the only ones really saying this because the rest of the culture, everything right. they see says mom and dad are stupid and old. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's why, again, I think that you have to form community. You have to find like-minded people. We're social creatures. We need each other. It's not, you can't just retreat into your own family and expect everything to be okay and that your kids are not going to be influenced by the outside. They are. That's why, again, when half my daughter's friends decided they were trans, we didn't ignore it. We didn't pretend it wasn't happening. We discussed with her how it, that sometimes, you know, people feel uncomfortable in their bodies as they approach puberty and how that might lead to them, you know, getting involved in something that they don't actually believe. So you have to be kind of, well, so my, my co-author and I, Bethany Mandel and I, we have different approaches to this and we discuss both approaches in the book. Bethany homeschools her children. I send mine to public school. And the idea that, you know, for me, my kids are out in the world. So when they are at home, I reinforce everything that we believe. She protects her kids from the outside influences as much as she can. But obviously, as we mentioned in the book, this is coming from every direction. It's not just schools. So you can only do so much. So we both have different approaches to this, but both approaches involve reinforcing in the home what your family believes. Uh, I want to uh, change subjects on a couple of things. I want to go back to the Soviet Union, but I also want to talk to you about mental health and what is happening 
with our kids, yeah. how this is all affecting them uh, in just a minute. We're talking to Carol Markowitz. She is the author of Stolen Youth. It's uh, up on Amazon today. Go get it. It is Amazon.com. Stolen Youth by Carol Markowitz. Um, all right. If it is important for somebody like Jordan Peterson to be uh, out there, why? And why is he so controversial? He's controversial because, <laughs> unbelievably, he says things like clean your room, stand up straight, put your house in order, that stuff. That, that helps our children make sense of the world. It helps us make sense of the world. There is an order to the world. Well, they've taken the Tuttle Twins, have taken Jordan Peterson's um, values and put them in the 12 Rules boot camp with the Tuttle Twins. So his 12 Rules for Life becomes a book, uh, a book from the Tuttle Twins uh, about a boot camp. Everything that you need your kids to see and learn are available here from Jordan Peterson with the Tuttle Twins, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. To get the book, uh, all you have to do is uh, go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. It's free for the next few days until the extra copies run out. You just will pay for shipping, but do it now. Go there and get Tuttle Twins and the 12 Rules Boot Camp while supplies last. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10-second station ID. Carol Markowitz, Stolen Youth is the name of the book. Uh, can we talk a little bit about suicide? Do you address this in the book? We only address it in terms of how it's used to shut down the transgender debate and how there's this pretense that if we don't confirm that a girl is actually a boy or you know some other new identity, they'll commit suicide. And therapists pressure parents into... Uh, into doing what they want them to do because they will say if you don't if you don't reinforce this your child's gender which is not the gender they were born with then they'll kill themselves and of course parents will do whatever it takes not for that not to happen yes we would do everything within reason and within truth yes um the um uh do you have any thoughts on why suicide is going through the roof? I mean, you're looking at this. My feeling is it's just that nothing has any meaning anymore. Nothing is real or worthy, and there is no reward for merit. Yeah. The merit thing is huge. I think that moving away from merit is just part of the woke system. It's yeah. It says that we're all the same, and we're all average, and there's no you know, difference between any of us and you shouldn't try. The suicide thing, I think that, and I think we'll, you know, we'll be learning about this for years, but I think the pandemic responses had so oh, much yeah. to do with our suicide rates. I Big mean, time. they, uh, emergencies rose by, I think, 25% um, mental health emergencies among children 5 mm. to 11, and even more by kids 12 to 17. I think it's in the 30s. Um, and they just, the suicide um, attempts during that time period between March and October of 2020 when all the kids were inside their homes, not allowed out in places like New York, where that extended, you know, for months and months, even beyond that. I think we really did damage. And 
the idea that we could just shut down our world and everybody will be okay, we know that that's not true and we'll be facing the repercussions of what we did. There's a chapter in our book about COVID, even though obviously as we move past COVID and we, the restrictions move into the you know, rear view mirror, the, the impulse is just to forget about it, but yeah. we can't forget about it. Something horrible was done to our children and mm-hmm. we can't let it go. We, ha- we need we need to have accountability. Talking to Carol Markowitz, she's the co-author of the book Stolen Youth. It's a guide for parents so you know what you're dealing with and how to fight it. Um, let me take you back to the Soviet Union. We've only got a couple of minutes. Tell me about your grandfather. Yeah. So my great-grandfather, Aaron Gelberg, died in a gulag in uh, the Soviet Union, uh, all the way in the east by Japan. And he was arrested for the crime of owning a bakery and for you know, having a business at a time where that became illegal, the lines just shifted out from under him. And I write about all the people that were there for saying the wrong thing, not saying the right thing strongly enough, and how that conformity is coming here. We, we feel it, we see it. So much of the COVID response, for example, was dictated by that conformity. You weren't allowed to speak out. You were crazy. You were a heretic. You were, you know, you, you were somebody that couldn't be trusted if you did not say the exact same things that everybody else was saying. So we need to be really careful about this conformity that's coming to our shores. It, it began in other places. We might not be a totalitarian system yet, but it's, it's happening. Yeah. Carol, thank you so much. Your articles you in the so much, New York uh, Post, your, your columns are just fantastic, and I, I wish you the best. Thank you for fighting. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Carol Markowitz, uh, Stolen Youth is the uh, name of the book. You know, I just um, I watched this weekend, because I'm just a ball of fun, uh, I watched uh, The Crucible. And it was an old, like, 1980s television production. It was actually really good. But uh, it's amazing. You know, that was that was written during the Red Scare and the Committee for Un-American Activities. And it was a warning. It was about the Salem witch trials. And I'll tell you, the last, the last half of that is, is so clearly... Uh, adaptable to today just as it was in the 1950s and if they weren't conspiracy theories the theorists to worry about it in the 1950s how come they're calling us conspiracy theorists to worry about an out-of-control government today the glenn back program uh if you're like pretty much everyone else out there you probably you'd probably like just to always be able to get out of your car start the engine and go on your merry way and uh, turn the car off and you don't think about it any kid you don't worry about the repairs unfortunately your car definitely has other plans in mind and when that happens if you are out of warranty you're on the hook for possibly thousands of dollars CarShield is a company that offers affordable plans that will fit your budget. And um, you're going to come a time when, you're, when your car goes out on the side of the road and they've got you covered with the coast-to-coast roadside, the rental car options, the trip reimbursement at no extra cost. Um, plus, they'll be there to write the check for the costly repairs when they're finally at hand. They write the check. You don't have to write it and then wait for a reimbursement. You pick the person. They take care of it from there. It's CarShield. Call 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. Save 20% now. Use the promo code BECK. CarShield.com slash BECK. CarShield.com slash BECK.
Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. So in uh, New Hampshire and South Carolina, President Trump gave a speech. He said, we need a fighter who can stand up to the left, who can stand up to the swamp, who can stand up to the media and stand up to the deep state. He's absolutely right. And he has proven himself to be that guy. He said, am I allowed to stand up to the rhinos? Absolutely. I think that's what people need to stand up to the globalists in China, to stand up for America. And that's what we do. We stand up for America. We need a president who could take on the whole system and a president that can win. Together, we will complete the unfinished business of making America great again. So, and he did say, this campaign is going to be about the future. This is going to be about the issues. Fantastic. He said, border control, drug crisis, the economy. Um, Joe Biden has put us on a fast track to ruin and destruction. And we will ensure he does not receive four more years. Um, I think that's a great message, and I'm glad to see that it didn't get bogged down in the past. And in fact, he said we're we're moving towards the the future. Now, I saw a poll, and I think this number is wrong. Um, they asked, "Are you?" They asked Republicans, "Are you a MAGA Republican, or are you a GOP member?" And it showed 64 percent said MAGA Republican. 35% said GOP. Here's where I think that number is wrong. I don't think MAGA means what the GOP thinks it means. You know what I mean? I think the GOP and the media think that that's just a Donald Trump and I'm going to be with him forever no matter what he does. He could stab somebody in the chest. They're walking across Fifth Avenue and he's not going to jail. I'm for it. He had a reason. That's what I think the press thinks a MAGA Republican is. Mm-hmm. But Donald Trump was just the first MAGA Republican who actually went and did what he said he was going to do. You know, he took these things on and did them. And you know clearly who he's for and who he's uh, against or what he's for and what he's against. And I think, like, I would not consider myself a MAGA uh, Republican, even though I support Donald Trump. I wouldn't consider myself a MAGA Republican. I don't consider myself a Republican, really. Uh, And so if they asked me, I would say no, but I would be much more in line with MAGA than the GOP. And I guess it's just because I think MAGA, I think Red Hat. Yeah. And it's broader than that. I mean, yeah, it's much broader than that. Just in your your poll, I mean, 64 percent MAGA Republicans, but Trump is not winning 64 percent in primary polls. Right. But I think there are still some. I mean, I I would have answered that neither. How would you have answered that? Yeah, I mean, neither. Neither. I mean, I think like even though I'm probably I'm probably in line with the MAGA thing, because I mean, what does MAGA stand for to you? Yeah, because I think at least at the beginning, it was. Donald, Donald Trump. Trump-centric, right? Correct. And uh, over time, especially when a president is elected, structure builds up around that. I mean, there's right. been attempts to sort of intellectualize that mm-hmm. movement uh, in you know, certain think tanks and 
you know, you have politicians who adopt certain parts of it. I mean, to me, it says now it's it's there's an element. The difference between today's like the MAGA movement and, you know, previous Republican iterations to me seems there's more populism to it. There's hey, hang on. What does that mean to you? Uh, I think in this context, I think it means um, it's less maybe about like I think this is you could see the culture war type stuff in there, right? Like there's more culture war. There's it's, less it's, like nerdy uh, tax pop, policy. Yeah, populism is more. I'm against the elites. I'm it's against not, yes. It's not. It's not I'm against the rich per se. I'm against those who think they're above everybody else. It's similar to the throw the bums out thing. But I mean, the Tea Party had that, too. There was an element of populism in the Tea Party, but it was a totally different basis. Right. That's why I'm that's why I think the distinction because you have populism, I think, is part of the distinction. I think nationalism is part of the distinction as well. And see, you know, all of these things get uh, a bad name. Well, yeah, there's good parts and bad parts of them. Right. I mean, nationalism, if it is my country can do no wrong ever. Well, then you've got a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, we are the master race kind of goes awry. Mm, Yeah. Um, But nationalism (laughs) on let's take care of America first because we won't be able to take care of anybody else if we're not healthy, I think is absolutely spot on. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's like. This, this is there have always been elements of this inside the Republican Party. I mean, you go back to paleoconservatism, you go back to uh, Pat Buchanan, right? Like that is the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Paleoconservatism. Mm-hmm. Is that where conservative dinosaurs? Yes, that's exactly. Eat rhinos? Yes. That's I ex- love that. That's exactly <laughs> okay, what it is. All right, going, okay, yes. go ahead. But I mean, that's the, the Pat Buchanan <laughs> movement, yeah, 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 which yeah. is very mm-hmm. similar in uh, in in some ways to the the sort of policy prescriptions we see mm-hmm. from you know from the maga movement today um you know you have the libertarian uh section of the republican party right, right, you right. have the sort of um uh, you have the there was a at one point that rockefeller republican thing that was you know oh i still think that's oh, there I mean, yeah. mitt romney is, is yeah that, mitt romney right? is yeah. that and, and 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 mitch mcconnell is that that's that's the rhino really side yeah that's except more elite and mcconnell's almost more like a straight out establishment right yeah, like yeah. he's kind of in that and you have the the policy wonks right like and, and all these groups grow and shrink like the libertarian move the libertarian part of the republican party was much bigger in 2010 and 2012 mm-hmm. 2014 in that area than i think it is today where this sort of uh, the the maga movement uh, the america first if you want to summarize it that way has risen and pushed that side down to a smaller percentage yeah. see of I, the GOP. I consider myself more libertarian but i'm also in with this movement because the maga movement is to me it is america first and not in a bad way but america first uh it's populist against the you know i'm i'd rather be with the people because i think you know it's it's jefferson trust the people I'd rather have I'd better, rather be with the people than all of the intellectuals in, you know, at Harvard combined. I'd rather I think we'll get more mm-hmm. common sense and better answers from the overall general people. So I don't think there's a wrong, anything wrong with that. That is anti elitist, but it's only because the elite have become so out of touch with everything. I mean, it is it's almost, you know, King Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's a very bizarre time. But I mean, I think if you look at like the DeSantis Trump thing, uh, where they are obviously the two leaders for the Republican nomination, 
I think they're both fighting in that MAGA group. Like, oh yeah, they are. Ron DeSantis was a Tea Party Republican. I mean, mm-hmm. That's how he came in. Mm-hmm. But his, he, and he's been very effective and done a lot of good things and a lot of things I really agree with. Um, but his approach, is, I think, is is much more targeted towards those types of voters. He's competing with Trump voters in that circle. He's not coming with another separate argument. He's no. saying, and he's not saying this outwardly, but he's where Trump kind of is saying criticizing uh, DeSantis outwardly at this point. But he's the only one in the race, so he's right. got more room for that probably at this point. But DeSantis is, is like, okay, I'm going to do a lot of the things you liked about Donald Trump. I'm going to take out some of the things you didn't like. I'm going to try to do some of the stuff you did like, but do it better or more efficiently. Mm-hmm. That seems to be basically his approach. Um, where there, there's not a the 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 can't like you see for example John um, Bolton talking about running, <laughs> and he's trying to run right as a totally different thing right yes. he's driving i'm a foreign policy hawkish conservative which, i will make sure your kids <laughs> die in the battlefields of russia okay it was a, it was a weird campaign slogan but I, you know <laughs> right. it, it was too long it, would it was just too long, too long. First of all, that, was, that, that was my first criticism um but like he <laughs> you know he's a he's a foreign policy hawk he's coming he's appealing to that group lindsey graham ran this campaign back in 2016 mm. hey no one's talking about foreign policy i'm going to talk about foreign policy someone's got to represent that view that's going to happen, but really, like the bulk of the, I mean, there's two candidates that seem to have any chance of winning. And if you want to go to three or four, you're going to get into people like Ted Cruz, who are also no. competing for those same voters, right? right. There, there's not, you're going to get a Larry Hogan in this race, I'm sure, or a Liz Cheney or somebody like that to go after other groups. There will be candidates to fill those holes, but the MAGA group at 65%. Is it's got to be at least that high because I think it's all higher. of these people are running higher. their campaigns to target those voters. Yeah, I think it's actually higher than that. My point on bringing this in is, you know, that number doesn't include people like me that I'm totally comfortable in the MAGA crowd. It's just something in me, my head. If I were asked that, I wouldn't first identify myself as that. Yeah. But if I think about it, I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with everything. So, yeah, I guess I would be. How would you identify yourself other than a woman? Well, currently, I am a woman. <laughs> of course, I, I, I am that. a strong woman. A strong I'm woman. I'm a strong woman. But, but you're, you're but strong. a fat woman. Yeah. No, a a fat strong, woman. fat woman. Fat, well, yes, okay. okay. Other than strong, fat, fat. woman, how would you identify yourself? <laughs> uh... <laughs> A uh, constitutionalist, yeah, Mm. Bill of Rights constitutionalist. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if if uh, if this didn't have such a bad name, I would consider myself a uh, classic liberal, classical liberal, classical liberal, because classical liberal is pretty, pretty, pretty much, uh, you know, a libertarian, similar to a libertarian, very, very similar. It just it, it just really revolves around the bill of rights and i am all about the bill of rights and i think like that divide right now is probably best uh discussed in the big tech world right where you have the libertarian classic classical liberal libertarian approach would be like these are private companies they get to do what they do and if you don't like it right and i think (laughs) that's the split though that's why i don't think you're exactly that at this no i know that's why but that's why i don't consider myself a maga but I also do. Right. You know what I mean? Because I don't I don't think I fit in into anything. 
And I think that's actually healthy. I don't think we should be in anybody's club. Yeah. And I think the debate is healthy, too. Like a lot of my friends on the right will come a lot of times and we'll be talking about this. I'm really, really uncomfortable with the government being involved in private companies. I, I, I don't like it. I want to avoid it at all costs. I guess my, my most comfortable way of stating it is it's the last resort. Right. Like I just don't want to do it if I can help it. And, and you can get away with not doing it. That's just my my way of looking at it. I think the the movement right now is in a different place on that where they are want to be much more aggressive and look at the idea of staying out of everybody's business as sort of a a, a, a an experiment that went awry and didn't work. And I can under look there's reasons there's good arguments and these are you know my friends they're smart they, they and they, they they have a good uh, a good argument on some of the stuff. And I think like that balance is the most interesting part of conservatism right now. That debate of where that line lands because I think everybody on the right even people who are much more aggressive than I am using government power to solve these problems are really uncomfortable doing it. They don't want to go that way. They just feel like there's no other choice right now. And and finding where that line is is going to it's going to probably well, set this era in in history. I will tell you that the government being involved in things has a very bad track record. Mm-hmm. Usually, you could be like, "Well, the highway system in the military, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Um, how about the success of the United States prior to you know." 18 you know 65 every you know for uh, giving the benefit of the doubt for everybody's like you know lincoln lincoln he was a bastard he took us out of whatever that's pretty uh, that's pretty far down that road yeah, yeah pretty far that down guy, that road you're, okay you're far. but everything that this country built the government was not involved with for the most part that's a pretty damn good track record you know, I, and I'm, dare I say it, even better than the highway system wow. and the Department of Defense. And, and I think that middle ground is something you've been talking about an awful lot. You talk about it a ton in, in your book, The Great Reset, which is this public-private partnership. Dangerous. Where it's not law. They don't have to use the law. They, they're redefining terms. They're it's, working together. There's pressure on both sides. And that is where this line gets muddy and it's difficult to manage. Everybody needs to understand on both sides. Big Pharma and COVID, that is your public-private partnership. Want more of it? No thanks. Several of America's largest banks are teaming up to create a digital wallet to compete with Apple Pay. It's being run uh, by early warning services, which definitely doesn't sound shady at all. And I mean, honestly, Um, you should look at them and uh, use that as your early warning. The project involves Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, each fined billions of dollars a year for allegedly ripping consumers off. They're testing digital wallets, but they already own companies that provide these services. So why would they need to create another one, a new digital wallet, when those products already exist? Or maybe it's just further control of the flow of your money and to digitize the U.S. dollar. Maybe they don't want to be counted out and have all banking done by the Fed. Plausible? Possible? Take control of your money and consider precious metals. Spread your risk out. The dollar is going to go away. 
please spread it out. Look at gold and silver and see if it's right for you. Goldline is offering a huge special on their newest quarter ounce 99.9 pure gold Mayflower round this week. With every tube of 25 acquired, you're going to receive a five-pack of Goldline's exclusive two-ounce Silver Maple Flex bars at no additional cost. This is over $400 in values of free metals just because you listen to this program. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Uh, we've Thanks. we've got well, not you oh. in particular. I mean, <laughs> I'm actually not glad you're here, Stu. That was a little hurtful. I was just saying thank you yeah, for, well, for your nice greeting. Well, Although I've been no, here for hours. I know you have been, and uh, really haven't done much, have you? Mm. Haven't brought anything good to the program, have you? No, I wouldn't no, say specifically. Mm. You know, mm. I mean, I've been trying to bring up things that ruin the show most days. So. <laughs> exactly right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And you uh, you brought to the table the Eagles today. So. Yes. I mean, are you? Th- I mean, uh, what's you have you ever been to a Super Bowl like to the game? No, to the game. I've gone to the Super Bowl, but not to the game. Really? Yeah. A lot of people do that these days. Yeah. I've noticed. Yeah. And it's probably they're a, smart a little decision. pricey. Yeah, they're a little tad, pricey. They're my, pricey yeah. my son is like, uh, Dad, please. And he's 18 and it'll be our last year together. And I'm like, uh, and then I look at the prices and I'm like, no, you're not. I've already spent way more than that on you. <laughs> yeah. I think just on diapers for like generations, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I haven't been. You go every year, though. I do. I mean, this year is the real year. An yeah. Eagles year. Well, that so, was 2017, too. That was the real year. So. And in 2005. How many, how many real years are you going to get? The Glenn Beck Program.